0: morning it's so good to be with you all this morning and it's another day and I've really really been looking forward to coming back to this capacity with you all and now I know it's a little different considering we're all remote and we're in our homes right now but I've been anticipating this day to be able to share this Sunday with you guys I miss you all so dearly and I've been so excited to come back to this capacity. and I'm gonna miss saying good morning to you and I'm gonna miss hearing your voices and seeing your faces on a Sunday morning. But just so you know, I am very, very happy and very joyful to be able to share this moment with you guys this Sunday morning. And so good morning, I'm Dan, I'm the youth pastor here at Pomerado Christian Church. I'm so excited uh, to be able to share God's word with um, with each of you this morning. And so just to give you guys a, a little quick update um, just for me personally, um, I shared this in the Pray at Pomerado, and so words kind of gotten out. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, my grandmother had a severe stroke. And I kind of debated with all these like travel regulations and stuff like that. I didn't really know what I should do, and so I stuck around in California for a couple days. But then the Spirit just made it very clear in my heart to, you know what, I need to go home. I need to be with my mom. I need to be there for my grandfather. And so... I road tripped from San Diego to uh, Becker, Minnesota which is where my family is Um, and I've been quarantined here now Um, but it's been really really good to be with my family to be there with my mom my siblings my dad and my grandfather in this time and so uh, just so you all know um, as soon as quarantine is lifted I will be back in San Diego Um, but it's been nice considering this last season of my life that I've been through. It's been nice to be around um, some familiar faces and some family and so um, I'm just very very thankful to be able to be here to still share this opportunity with you guys. Uh, we're still doing all of our youth ministry stuff and that's going really really well um, but that's, that's just kind of a quick update. So I am here in Minnesota. This is not my fireplace. I don't have this in Escondido. Um, this is my folks house out in the middle of the woods in Minnesota. But again, I'm so excited to be able to share this day with you all. And so if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, we've been in this series in the book of Colossians and it's lessons from house arrest. Uh, and so if you guys go ahead and turn to Colossians 2, we're going to be in Colossians 2. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I'm. We're, we're on right track here. Colossians 2 this morning. And so go ahead and turn there. If you don't, if you don't know where it is, Uh, Go ahead and look at your uh, table of contents at the very beginning. Um, Everything you need to know is right there. That'll direct you. It's towards the end of your Bible, and we will be in Colossians 2 today. Now, we had a separate sermon last week on Mother's Day, but JP has been leading us through this book of Colossians. Um, And now I'm just going to give us a quick little update on the background to this book to kind of understand the context of... What's going on um, before we dive into it this morning? And so first off, Colossians was most likely written by Paul in house arrest. He would have been in Rome. Uh, you guys maybe remember his, uh, the big shipwreck on his way to Rome. Um, he would have been in house arrest shortly after that shipwreck when he arrived in Rome. And so it's not like a dungeon or a prison, but it is, uh, it is confinement. He can't go anywhere, but people could visit him. All right. Now, one thing I kind of was new to me that I hadn't really thought of is, um, as I was studying Colossians and and how this and uh, how the church was planted there, Paul most likely did not go to Colossae, which is the city. He probably didn't go to Colossae on his missionary journeys. And this was kind of new for me because I just kind of pictured him going around from all these major cities, but. Colossae is not a port town, which means as they were traveling, um, most likely on boat from these major port cities, Colossae is inland, as you can see on this map. Colossae is quite a bit inland. And so what's interesting about this, back in the uh, the book of Acts chapter 19, we hear about this guy, his name's Epaphras. And now Epaphras came to Ephesus. He came to Ephesus while Paul was there, most likely heard the gospel, um, repented, received Christ... And Epaphras was most likely the person to take the gospel back to Colossae, which I thought was really, really unique considering this time that we're in. Because I think we think of Paul doing these massive missionary journeys everywhere, which he did. But this church in Colossae that Paul is now writing to, was not necessarily planted by him, and, and now we don't know all of these facts for sure. we just kind of piece things together as as we read them in scripture and as uh, we and we find discoveries in in history and archaeology and those types of things, but it's pretty clear that Epaphras most likely would have given his life to Christ and then brought the gospel back to the city of colosse and I thought what a unique time i I think when we read Paul and we We have this under. We kind of get this picture of him being like this this crusader for Christ, which which he was. This Epaphras guy. We barely ever hear about him. And yet, there's a whole book in the Bible devoted to the Christians in the city of Colossae that he would have brought the gospel to himself. Guys, these small decisions for Christ have huge impact. And as we're quarantined, and we're maybe try to figure out how we come out of this quarantine, you guys, our small decisions to follow Christ are the little things day to day that we do to follow Christ, and I'm going to get into a couple of these a little bit later, have a huge impact. In fact, I'd probably argue, to I'd make the argument that Epaphras had no idea the impact that his ministry was having. He was just being obedient. And so now the book of Colossians is written by Paul most likely in house arrest because Epaphras now has probably come from, he's he's planted the church there, but now there's all these false teachings stirring up and the Christians are getting confused. um, And he's worried about them basically falling away from their faith or following something else other than Christ. And so he travels to Rome and gives a report to Paul to which Paul writes this letter. And so that's kind of the context of what is going on here. I think we, we see this and oh, Paul wrote this to the church in Colossae, which is true. But what a unique aspect to this regarding Epaphras bringing, being concerned about his church and coming to Paul and Paul writing the letter back. And so that's where we are. In the book of Colossians chapter 2, we are going to be in verses 6 through 10 this morning. And so before we hop into these verses, I would just like to pray for us and welcome the Spirit to join us this morning and to work in our hearts. God, thank you so much for using people like Paul and Epaphras and for using people like ourselves today to have an impact for your kingdom. God, I pray that we would come out of today, we would be encouraged And I pray that we would come out of today uh, taking our faith in you more seriously. I pray that you would convict us, Holy Spirit. I pray that not my words, but your words would be the ones that would be heard today, God. I pray that you would work in my heart and in the hearts of each one of us for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm just going to read through our couple verses here, chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, and then we're just going to kind of walk through each verse because Paul has some really, really unique points that hit home right where we are at right now. So read with me Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him Guys, we're just going to start in verse 6 and walk through this. But I am excited for the encouragement. I am excited for the challenge that these verses not just pose on my life, but for each one of us in the year 2020 living in the United States, living in San Diego, California. Verse 6 starts with, Therefore... He's recalling uh, the first five verses that he's already spoken about, basically in their commitment to Jesus Christ. Therefore, since you have followed Jesus, if you are tuning in today and you follow Jesus, here's our tu- this is to tune in. Therefore, let's listen. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, my first point, you guys, that Paul is making, which I think is so important right now, is he is recalling their initial relationship With Christ. They've come a long way. They've known about Jesus for a while. They're getting comfortable. The things of this world are kind of closing in on them. It's tempting to follow this or this sounds good. And he's recalling their initial commitment to Christ. And that's what I want you and I to do today. If you have made the decision to follow Jesus, I want you to think of that moment. Now for me, Mine, I actually don't remember the exact day that I gave my life to Christ. JP celebrates his like uh, spiritual birthday at Chick-fil-A with his family, and I love it. I do not remember that exact date or time or place. I was so young. But what I do remember when I was 15 years old, I do remember when the full understanding or the gospel set in on my heart. I was on... stadium floor and I was weeping like a child because for the first time in my life I realized just how bad my sin was compared to a holy God and I looked at my life and I saw mistake after mistake and shortcoming after shortcoming and it wasn't good enough compared to God's glory compared to his goodness it would never measure up and so I knelt on the ground and I cried. But then if you guys have been there, there is this moment shortly after that where I'm, I'm stuck in, in the horrible sin that is my life and at the same time being overwhelmed and flooded with God's grace and mercy to forgive me. And as much as I'm struggling to understand the horrible effects of my sin, I'm also being bombarded with this amazing, positive, forgiving effect that is Jesus Christ dying for my sins. Giving me a blank slate. And this, this wave of relief comes over me and this joy and my tears move from, from tears of sorrow to tears of joy and thanksgiving and happiness because it is I no longer who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I want you to recall that initial commitment you've made with Jesus. If you've made that commitment, I want you to remember that now, because what happens is as we get older and as life moves on, we can forget those things. And this is what the church in Colossae had done. They'd come such a long way. They'd given their lives to Christ and the church was growing. But as we're gonna see shortly, it was starting to get a little blurry. They were getting a little confused. And so this morning, I want you to recall when you first gave your life to Christ. And if you haven't, that's okay. I'd ask that you would just listen with open ears. And you can choose to, and hey, this, this is the platform. You don't, you don't even need to walk out of church if you don't want to. You can tune it off if, 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 if that's what you want to do. But I would ask that you just tune in and hear maybe what God has to speak to you this morning. So remember your initial commitment to Christ because that is the core of everything that we respond to with the gospel. And that's what he gets into. Verse 7. So, sorry, verse 6. Therefore as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. What is faith? Hebrews tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, certain of things not yet seen. Well guys, this is where we are at. We are, there is so much in front of us that we do not know what is going to happen. This is where faith comes in. Because faith doesn't matter what happens on this earth. We know what Christ has promised. We know what is coming. We know that it is good. We know that he's making all things new. So faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And so this idea of being established. We remember when we gave our lives to Christ but now we need to remember to be established number one in faith being certain of things hoped for remember what's coming but number two abounding in thanksgiving now I know with you all now is maybe not the easiest time to be thankful But I'd like us to pause and I just want us to be thankful for a couple things. And I, I hear the outrage. I hear the cries from parents that have been stuck home with their kids. I, I, I I hear the frustrations building with everyone and maybe jobs that have been lost and frustrations with uh, people or organizations or, or, or politicians or whatever it is. But for this moment, I want us to be thankful for a couple things. I'm thankful that, like we'll see at the end here, God is the ruler of all these things. That the decisions made on this earth do not affect Him. No, He affects them. I'm thankful for the food, a place to rest. I'm thankful for a car that can get me from San Diego to Minnesota in a time of need. I'm thankful for people in my life that continue to check in on me even though I'm 2,000 miles away. Guys, I want us to pause and I want you to identify and just, just be thankful. Because joy is the is the product of thankfulness. And so if we're struggling each day to have joy in our relationship with Christ, we're most likely not being thankful. So we want this established relationship with Christ, keeping your faith, and being thankful. And so now that's, that's kind of the start where we're calling that initial commitment to Christ. And now... Paul kind of makes a transition. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Guys, this is what's happening with this church. They've been committed Christians they gave the life of Christ, they've been changed, and now all of a sudden, maybe pressures of this world or new thoughts come in or smart people come in or people that can articulate things better come in and they start start getting short-sighted. They start seeing, you know what, this sounds good now rather than the long-term and it'd be kind of like me, I wear corrective lenses, uh, I'm short-sighted. So without my glasses, I can see short distances. I can read a book. What I can't do, as it gets further away, it gets more and more blurry. And so for me to be short-sighted means right in front of me is okay, but everything further than that is not. And so I could hop in a car and I could look down and I'm I'm abiding by the speed limit. I'm going a right speed. My gas tank is full. My temperature looks good. My oil pressure is okay. I can operate this car safely. No, 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 but you would make the argument, but no, you can't because you can't see what's coming. You can't see the long term. You can't see further down the road. I think we can all agree that would be a bad idea for me to hop into a car without my glasses or contacts in and operate it safely. Not only do I put myself at risk, I put others at risk. And that's this idea of them being captive by these philosophies and empty deceits. In fact, this word captive, this is an interesting one, you guys. This is where this, this, this passage really kind of comes together. Captive is, this is a term you would use at sea. This is a term you would use if your like, ship is being pirated or plundered or taken over. This is like being invaded and being stolen from and everything that you have that could operate this boat safely is now being stripped from you. So this is the, uh, this is the connection that he's making. That as we, and the, these philosophies, you guys, don't, I want us to understand the context of these philosophies. It's not like a classical, uh, classical like Greek philosophy or a train of thought like Aristotelianism or Platonism. Um, basically, this could have been used for any train of thought. Magicians would have been considered this. Gnosticism would have been considered in this vein. And they're very, very different. Gnosticism was like the, the physical is bad and the, the knowledge is what you would try to attain and that's how you would grow. Even Pharisees and Sadducees would be considered philosophers. And so he's saying, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Guys, the world around us is full of tradition, full of trains of thought. And each one of them is going to be attacking our relationship with Christ and what we believe about God. And it's going to be going after them like these pirates trying to raid a boat and pillaging a boat. What I think is interesting about this verse is, at the end of verse 8, it says, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Guys, all I got to do is hop on Facebook or your Apple News or um, any news network right now, any source of information and there is thought after thought, opinion after opinion, distraction after distraction. I want to ask you this morning, what's feeding you? What are you allowing into your life to drive and motivate you? Because as soon as we make it not about Christ, we are being pirated, taken over that initial commitment to Christ that was so beautiful and the gospel being real in our lives and and us maybe sharing that with other people. As soon as we allow other things, these elemental, these these, like childish things of the world, these immature thoughts, these unfaithful philosophies or trains of thought, you guys. Now it could be anything um, from social media. I mean, it could be sports for crying out loud. It could be... Uh, uh, politics, it could be governments, it could be um, organizations, it could be work, it could be any of these things, you guys. And as soon as we allow them to come in because they have an agenda that is not Christ, they have an agenda that is not Christ. And verse 8 makes that very, very clear to follow them or to put so much time and effort into them is like me hopping in a car without my glasses and trying to drive it may look okay up close it may sound okay or feel okay or seem okay up close but could have a very very terrible effect not just for me but many others down the road guys if we are not using this time if we are not using this time to make Jesus known, I'm afraid we have lost out on an eternal opportunity. Where has our effort gone into in this time? Paul was in house arrest. We are in quarantine. He was writing... He didn't know they were going to be books of the Bible at the time, but he was writing letters to these churches to make sure that they remember their faith. What are we doing? Because the more we tune into news, the more we tune into other thoughts, the more we tune into the things of this world, you guys. And this, this, isn't, this isn't a side thing. This isn't a Democratic-Republican thing. This isn't an a, a older-younger thing. This isn't a social thing. This, this is just, is it Christ? It's that simple. Are you tuning into Christ right now? Because as soon as we don't, we are being taken captive by these things of the world. Guys, if we are not using this time to make Jesus known, I'm afraid we're missing out on an eternal opportunity. You see Paul had a Paul had an interesting way he could communicate to them because he was in house arrest they may listen to him they may listen to you they epaphras has been there but hey this is a new voice who are you tuning into or should i say what are you tuning into because scripture makes it very very clear that if it is not christ we are being pillaged and plundered by the things of this world, this elemental spirits, you guys. We have an enemy who is out to get us and will use the things of this world, the governments of the world, the societies of this world, the the trains of thoughts of this world to come in and to take us captive, to draw us away from Christ. And so he starts in this, he starts going, remember that wonderful, beautiful relationship, that, that moment where you gave your life to Christ, Because that is what it's all about. Not these other things. You've allowed these other things to come in and distract you from me. Now, I don't want us to just end here. And our passage doesn't just end here. It actually ends in a very, very beautiful way. But our main points thus far is this recalling our initial commitment to Christ. Guys, remember that moment. Remember that faith and that thankfulness and that commitment to Christ. But then my second question or my second kind of point is, what's feeding you? Because anything other than Christ, if we are not using this time to make Christ known, not A society not a train of thought Christ what is Christ what the Bible says if we are not taking what Scripture says and making sure that the world hears that hope I'm afraid we've missed out on an eternal opportunity we're gonna kind of curve around now to the last two verses, where Paul puts a beautiful bow on this thought. He says, verse 9, it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. This is, we are talking about Christ. And now what's really unique about this transition and, and, and this concept that it brings now in fullness, you guys, we're just going to camp on fullness the remainder of our time here. Because fullness is also a term that was used many times while at sea and it would be used as a fully staffed and uh, a boat that was fully equipped to sail. And so opposite of what captive is, Opposite of what being pillaged and plundered is, fullness is being full, ready, and equipped, good to go. So in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells. So in Christ, it wasn't just Jesus, he was the Son of God, but he, in him was everything from the Father and all the works of the Spirit in one. It wasn't just Jesus, he was bringing the words of the Father and the works of the Spirit as well. So in Christ, all fullness of the deity Dwells in that one body. Fullness. Guys, I want us to end today being full. Verse 10. And you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. There's all these trains of thought. They can take us captive. But you, as you follow Christ, and we're not going to do it perfectly. In fact, when I've been talking with the students through Hebrews, since we're going to be tripping up and we're going to be stumbling. We're called to run this race, but we can't do it perfectly. We're not. We're going to trip. We're going to stumble. We're going to get hurt, and that's okay because Christ ran the race perfectly. And he could have taken the reward he received, but instead he gave it to us. And the crown that you would receive as a reward for winning a race automatically, regardless of your past, regardless of the background you came from, gave you royalty, gave you status. And so Christ, he ran the race perfectly and got, and could have received this crown for winning, but instead he goes, no, I'm not going to take this crown for me. I am going to give it to them so that they may be considered royalty, so that they may have prestige in the eyes of my father. You have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Guys, there's all these trains of thought. Just hop on Facebook for one minute and you're going to be bombarded by like 20 of them. But Christ is the head of all rule and authority. Guys, the world seems like chaos right now. And for those of you that are tuning in, maybe who haven't given your life to Christ, guys, this idea of fullness, he has filled us. And as long as we are looking to things of this world, we will not be filled. You will not be satisfied. You will not be totally joyful because it doesn't add up. It's hard to understand this world that we're living in right now and to see God's bigger picture, but he provides it for us right here. He's the rule. He's the head of this. It seems like it's chaotic, but above it all is this God who rules and reigns supreme. And in him is all fullness of the the Father, the Son, and all the Holy Spirit. And in this fullness, we have now been invited as well. If you have not chosen to follow Christ, your life will never be full, because you are missing out on the very purpose that God created you for. And if you'd followed Christ, if you've made that commitment, and we've been looking to philosophies, trains of thoughts, societies politics people jobs status we've been looking to those things perhaps they have taken you captive to the point where you no longer make christ known now i want this to be challenging guys because this has been so challenging for me I shouldn't say I want this to be challenging. This is challenging. This is convicting. This is hard, I think, for us to read. At the same time, this is what we need right now. Christ is the very fulfillment and that total fullness of God himself, and he has offered that to each one of us. So in conclusion... Guys, today, remember, if you've given your life to Christ, remember that moment. Remember that moment when you first gave your life. It's it's just black and white. It made sense. You were forgiven. Your sins are taken care of. You're going to follow Him. You're going to make Him known. Remember your initial, or recall your initial commitment to Christ, but guys, the temptations are going to come in, and as soon as we entertain these trains of thought, maybe, maybe conspiracy, whatever distracts us from Christ, whatever distracts us from this, is of this world. And what we think may matter and is really important to us right now is simply being short-sighted and taking off our corrective lenses that help us see further Christ in his fullness, helps us see the distance, help us seize the hope that's coming. But far too often we take off those lenses and we just get worried and concerned about what's happening today, this week, tomorrow, this year. And these are elemental spirits deceit. They take you captive. They plunder you. They tear you away from Christ. They tear away your relationship. They tear away your joy. But we end with this idea. It doesn't matter what we've done now. It doesn't matter what our lives have looked like. Christ has offered us his fullness. And so if you haven't given your life to Christ, your, your life will be empty to some capacity. It will never see totally fulfilled. You're always going to lack purpose. Why am I here? What's the point of all this? And for those of you who've given your life to Christ, this is maybe an opportunity for us to really examine our lives and look at how we've been invited into this relationship with him. And for some of us you need to repent I need to repent of some ways that I've been taken captive that I would let the chaos of what's been going on affect my relationship with Christ affect my joy affect, affect me being thankful and so we're going to close with communion today and this is just a great opportunity for us. As we've talked about his fullness that's been offered us, we've talked about, uh, we've been introduced to this idea of, of Christ being that fulfillment and that, that, that completion of that race. Uh, he came down, he ran the race, he lived the life, um, and because of it, he was awarded the seat next to God. But he goes, you know what, I didn't do this for my sake. I did this for their sake. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We have an opportunity. We could have been Christians for 20 years, maybe you've never given your life to Christ, but we have an opportunity to come before the cross, to come before Jesus, and to receive that fulfillment, that fullness from him. And so right before he died, he gave the disciples the, the wine and the bread and said, take this, remember, this is my body, this is my blood, take this, remember me. If you have your supplies, go ahead and grab them. Remember when you first gave your life to Christ. And for you that maybe hasn't yet, maybe, maybe you need to receive him. Maybe you would need to receive that fullness to not be taken captive by things of this world. And we remember where Christ, who made the fullness of God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, came down, lived that life, died, and now offers us fullness, purpose, love, joy, joy. not to be taken captive not to be pillaged not to be plundered not to be distracted but to find fulfillment and fullness in who he is so if you have your elements go ahead and uh, go ahead and get them get them close and i'm going to pray for us as we remember jesus how he ran that race And took on all of our sin and punishment we deserved to be able to invite us into that fullness with him. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word that you've given us this morning. Thank you for maybe words of warning. To not be held captive, to not be distracted. God, thank you for the fullness that Jesus is. That he made present on this earth so that we who believe in him may receive that purpose and forgiveness from here on out. To receive thankfulness and joy. To have a longer perspective, a further perspective than just the simple things that come in day to day, week to week, month to month, or even a year. They come and they go. Cities come and go. Nations come and go. Governments come and go. But you remain the same every day. Help us to hold on to that truth in our faith. Strengthen our faith today. Help us remember what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. God, we thank you for your encouragement, for your offer of love, of forgiveness. Thank you for the fullness that you offer each one of us. I pray that we would be challenged today to take our thoughts captive, to not be distracted by the things of this world, but to put our full, full confidence, full faith and trust in you. God, we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It has been, again, it has been my pleasure and my joy to be with you all this morning. Um, It's, I know it seems far away. I know it seems like a lot, but I hope you guys are able to experience some of that joy as well. Um, And so thank you for partnering with us today, for coming alongside of us. And again, I know JP mentioned this uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, um, but those of you who've been giving you guys to help the church keep going Thank you so much. Um, your generosity just keeps showing above and beyond. Um, we cannot thank you enough. We cannot keep doing what we've been doing online or the ministry's doing what they've been doing um, without your generosity and without your gifts. And so, thank you so much um, for continuing to give in this time. Um, we trust God has this all taken care of. Um, and so, we take that joy and that encouragement with us um, as we close this day. And so, Thank you for tuning in, have a wonderful week, and we can't wait to see you next week.